Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And now, here's this Sunday's message. I got some good news to share. Ten days ago, I became an uncle for the tenth time. I'd like to introduce you to Zara Catherine Lobo. now, not that it's any of your business, but she weighed in at seven pounds, seven ounces. I always found that weird, you know, like we weigh boxers right before a prize match, and we weigh babies, and in both cases, their weight is public knowledge. Meanwhile, for the rest of the world, we're trying to keep our weight top secret. Anyways, I digress. Uh, Zara is the fifth child to my brother and sister-in-law, and she comes after a huge lineup of four boys. So I feel sorry for any of her future boyfriends. But it's, it's such good news, and yet for me, it's a little bittersweet, because it's a reminder that I have not seen my family for a year and a half, and I'm not sure when I'm going to get to see them. But, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this pandemic, and one of the things that's been so clear for me is the importance of family. And as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Now, I realize that there are so many others who experience this, this, this sense of being separated from family so much more acutely than me. In our own parish, a young family I know of, they had a newborn early in 2020. Well, grandma still hasn't met her granddaughter, and she's already walking. She might be talking in full sentences by the time uh, they finally get to visit. Or I know of parishioners who have lost parents in faraway countries like Romania, and Nigeria, India, and they weren't able to be there for the funeral. And, and I was talking to, to one lady, she said, I haven't been home in over two years. I haven't even been able to visit my father's grave, let alone be there to support my mother in her grief. Or, uh, you know, I just, I just think of all these ways where we're separated from family and realize how important it is to have family. Now there might be others who are feeling, you know what, I would appreciate a little more separation from my family, and and I say that facetiously, but seriously, there are so many who come from, from families that are broken or dysfunctional, and there's so much pain and hurt from the past, maybe alcoholism or, or abuse of, of various kinds, and there's generational consequences to that. And there's a certain way in which family doesn't feel safe, doesn't feel happy. And I think of others who, maybe you're feeling like, uh, I don't have any family. You know, you're at that age where all of your family members, they've, they've moved away, they're living their own lives, your spouse has passed on, perhaps, and you're alone. You've got nobody. Well, I want to talk about a fourth category here, and by analogy, I want to speak of what I'll call the fracturing of the human family. And by that I mean we're living in a time when the world is so deeply divided, fractured. There's polarization in politics. We see this fracturing of politics uh, with wedge issues, rhetoric being used to, to create animosity between parties. We just passed the one-year anniversary of the death of George Floyd. This reminder to the world that we are still fractured by the injustice of racism. Or I think even within the church, there's so much fracturing and division. 
I'm hearing about Bishop speaking out against Bishop on all places like, like Twitter or priests speaking out against priests. It's a counter witness, this disunity. And then just a couple days ago, we learned of a very sad story, a mass grave in Kamloops, B.C. 215 children connected to a residential school. And I have to be honest, I don't know the circumstances, but I just felt this deep sadness to hear of so many children who had died. And I was praying about it actually just in our chapel yesterday and, and just moved uh, to the verge of tears thinking about this uh, because of the horror at, at, its, at its core, the horror of residential schools was that the Canadian government, often working with the church and, and different denominations of the church, together had this plan to break apart First Nations families. And as a representative of the church, I want to ask your forgiveness for this horrible way in which we have added wounds, we've We've inflicted abuse. We've created more division, more dysfunction, even within families. Now, in the midst of all of that heaviness, all of that negativity, God has good news. God has not just a message, not just a word to be proclaimed, but God offers himself. God reveals himself as One God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. This sacred trinity. He himself is the model. He is this this perfect icon of unity. He is a sign of hope. We're celebrating today the most holy trinity. And it is so significant for us right now because we're living in a world that's broken. We're we're experiencing the brokenness of families. And yet God reveals himself as not just an eternal individual, but as a divine family. That God at his very core is a relationship. There is this love exchange between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this perfect unity, this this complementarity. And it's really such a symbol of hope for this divided world. Now, I think it's one thing to believe in the doctrine of the Trinity, uh, that, that God is, at his core, a family, But it's even more to come to realize that God, now listen to this, God wants to adopt us into his family. He wants us to be part of his family. Just listen to the words uh, from from Paul's letter to the Romans. And uh, just pay attention to the familial language. He says this, Brothers and sisters, all who were led by the Spirit of God, are sons and daughters of God. You have received a spirit of adoption. Right? Are you catching this? Brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of God, you've received a spirit of adoption. You know, in the, the ancient Roman world, adoption was a big deal. It was, it was really important because when a person was adopted into a family, they gained dignity. They gained the rights of being part of that family. It's like God is saying, eh, Now you're part of the family, right? That's what he's offering to us. 
And the very next line, I think, is, is so key. Listen to this. Paul writes, When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You get it? Now this word, Abba, it's, uh, it can be translated, some, some suggest in English, the best equivalent is like saying, Daddy. It's this term of endearment. When we cry, Daddy. It's the only way we can do that is because the Holy Spirit, and last week we celebrated Pentecost, this, this coming of the Holy Spirit, one of his jobs is the Holy Spirit is to reveal to our spirit our true identity, that we're children of God. We are children of God. And here's the thing. If you feel separated from your family, if you feel like you've got nobody, if you're, if you're like, you, you come from a broken family, a dysfunctional family, here is the thing. If you feel so lost because this world is broken, I got news for you. God has adopted you into his family. He wants you to experience, just as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit have this, this perfect exchange of love between each other. He wants to, to catch you up in that, for you to partake in God's love, in God's unity. He wants you to be part of his family. Now, uh, we are children of God, Paul says, and and we're in this series that you'll you'll notice the similar words. We're in this series called We Are. It's a series, as Father Ox said, about who we are, where we are going. Well, we are children of God. Paul makes it very clear. That's who we are. And, And here's the thing. If we are all children of God, we've got the same Abba, the same Father, That means that you and me, we are brothers and sisters. We're we're related. And and in the church, uh, there's no such thing as like distant cousins, like third cousins, twice removed. No, we're all brothers and sisters to each other. That's, That's what we are. We are the church, God's family here on earth. Now, when I'm talking about the church, I'm talking about the universal church. That together, we are God's family. And St. Benedict Parish is a, a microcosm of that. We're a part of that larger church. Now, this is really important. Because a lot of people, they don't get the link between God and the church. And I came across this study. It was done by CLI, the Catholic Leadership Institute. So from 2014 to 2020, they... Uh, surveyed over 225,000 parishioners uh, at, from over 1,200 parishes, United States and Canada. And 91% of them, these were like very practicing Catholics. They went to church every Sunday or even more than that. Of all the stats, this was the most striking for me. They said this, only 53% agreed with this statement that the church is critical to my relationship with God. Only 53% believe that there is this necessary relationship between the church and God. And I was reflecting on that, and I just realized there's so much confusion, this disconnect, and these, these are even among the most faithful Catholics. Here's the thing. We are the church. We are the church. Yeah, the church, of course we have buildings, but the church is not buildings. And 
yes, we need to have a pope and we need to have cardinals, but the church is not exclusively that. Those are all important, but we are the church. We are the church. This is how I'd say it. We are the church, God's family on earth. I want you to type that right now because it's so important that we get this, that we understand we are the church, God's family on earth. We are, we've been adopted into God's family, and as church, we are living as his family right here on earth. And at St. Benedict Parish, we're trying to grow and foster that spiritual family. And there's all kinds of things that we do, but today I want to highlight two things that really grow our culture as a spiritual family. And the first is this, and maybe it's obvious, but it's Sunday Mass. What we're doing right now, gathering together this large group of people uh, to worship God. Now I realize right now we're exclusively online. I can't wait for the day when we're going to be in person to worship God. Uh, but this, this time of coming together, every time we, we come together for Mass, the Trinity is present. The whole point of the Mass is that Jesus is being offered in sacrifice to God the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we step into Mass, we're stepping into the Trinity, to God's family. Now another aspect of the Mass is to, to see it as a sacred meal. And I just think of, you know, how sometimes families, like they have their, their Sunday meal together, Sunday dinner. Well, that's what this is. This is God calling together his whole family for this sacred meal on Sunday. And he just loves it when the whole family gets together. And, and just think about some of the words. Every time you hear one of the priests say, brothers and sisters, it's not just a flippant thing. Like it, it really means that we are being reminded that we're connected to brothers and sisters all over the world. Catholics who are especially worshiping God in the Mass all over the globe. Now, that's the first way in which we, we foster this uh, culture of family, is this large gathering Sunday Mass. Well, the second way is through this small community, uh, very small communities called life groups. And, uh, and these are, they can be any size really, but we, we suggest six to ten people gather in people's homes or right now are gathering online that meet every week or every other week. Uh, there's this freedom, this flexibility for people to be family to each other. And, uh, you know, typically on Sunday, when we come in person, we're sitting in pews in rows at this large gathering. At, in life groups, we actually can come together in circles, to be face-to-face -face with one another, to, to connect as a human family, to, to grow in our faith, and to pray for one another. And I just want to encourage you, if you're like feeling, hey, there's something missing, there's got to be something more, uh, maybe you feel separated from your family, well, I would say this, seek out your spiritual family. And we're here, we would love to help you connect with other people with whom you can journey. And just go to our website, stbenedict.ca slash lifegroups, and uh, we will follow up with you. By the way, you don't have to live in Nova Scotia to be part of a St. Benedict Life Group. We've got lots of people who are far away who are with us, but, but I dream of a day when every single person connected to St. Benedict is active in a life group. 
because it makes such a difference to really feel like you're part of the family. And I remember hearing this from one of the ladies who just this Easter became fully initiated into the Catholic Church. She had been part of a St. Benedict life group, and she said this, my life group has given me a new family, and we want that for everyone. Seek out your spiritual family. There's so many uplifting stories that I've heard about the ways in which people in our parish that come to see themselves as children of God and as brothers and sisters to one another as a church. And I just want to share three stories with you really quickly of how edified I have been. And the first is actually, it, it's sad. It's, uh, it's real. It's happening right now. One of our parishioners, Jana, uh, she is in hospital. She has COVID and, and it's serious. She has been intubated, but she's not alone. And she belongs to a life group. Her whole life group has been praying for her, praying rosaries for her. And we're actually all connected to her as part of her larger spiritual family. And I want to ask you to pray for Jana. And uh, in fact, let's pray right now. I just want to lead us in a quick prayer, if you would join me. Father, Abba, we turn to you, asking you to bring healing to your daughter, to our sister, Jana, who you love so much. Please return her to full health. And we pray for every person who is sick right now. We pray for every medical professional who is helping those, caring for those who are sick. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining me in that. And please continue to lift her up in prayer. A second example I think of is this beautiful couple. Uh, missionary disciples here in our parish, and a little while ago they said, you know what, Father, we want to cook a meal every once in a while for your household. And as Companions of the Cross, we're so grateful for that. We've been so blessed. And then I just found out recently that we're not the only ones. They've, been, they've identified all kinds of people who are isolated, who are alone, people who they consider part of their wider spiritual family, and they've been checking up on them. They've been dropping off meals regularly for these, for these people. And I just think it's so amazing. And a third example that comes to me is a lady in our parish in her 90s. She just heard this very, very sad news that her grandson in Ontario died, very tragically. Now, this lady has no one. She was not able to go uh, to Ontario for the funeral. Uh, she was not able to be there with her daughter in her grief. She's not able, uh, she doesn't have anybody. In fact, her husband passed away not that long ago. She's alone. And then I found out that one of our parishioners, also a widow, decided that she was going to move in temporarily with this, with this person and be a sister to her, to care for her, to probably help with some of the chores, whatever, just to be present, as if to say, if you don't have any family, I will be your family. And I was just remarking to Father Alex, like our parish is so edifying to think that people are so loving that they're going to extend themselves as family for each other. You know, I've been repeating this recently. A parish 
is like a family business. Well, before we can be a successful business, and by business I mean we got to get busy in the business of making disciples, but before we can be great at that, we've got to be a loving family to one another, brothers and sisters. And I, and I use those words so intentionally, brothers and sisters, we are the church, God's family here on earth. And, and when I look to the future, who are we going to be? I see a church of profound unity, a place in which people who feel separated from their family, who, who come from broken and dysfunctional families, people who feel like they have no one, they can walk through those doors and it will be a feeling of coming home. They know that they are part of the family. They know that they're not alone. And I picture us coming together in this church to worship God as a community that is multiracial, intergenerational, and even politically nonpartisan. Coming together, united in our love for God who is Trinity and being a sign of hope for a world that is so deeply divided. The Trinity is a family. And we are the church, God's family here on earth. Thanks so much for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Have a lovely day.